In his 2009 film, The Red Chapel, Mads Brucker invented a cross-cultural comedy troupe as a subterfuge to enter North Korea and examine the conditions there. In his latest, The Ambassador, Brugger travels to Liberia and the Central African Republic where, posing as a businessman and a diplomat, he exposes widespread government corruption and complicity in diamond smuggling. We're joined today on Film School by the star and the director of The Ambassador, Mads Brugger. Mads, welcome to Film School. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Well, let's get right to the basics. Uh, what was it uh, that uh, – how did this idea come about? for you to do The Ambassador. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, I, I conceived of, of, the, of the idea when, when I stumbled upon a diplomatic title, title brokerage back in 2007 on the Internet. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if it's really possible to purchase a diplomatic title, mm -hmm. this would grant me unique access to the inner sanctuaries of power in a failed African state. Mm -hmm. And allow me, you know, to deal with and, and uh, document and finally expose the the fat cats and the kingpins uh, who live uh, in there. Well, it's it's a remarkable story, and not the least of which is the the ease at which you were able to become an accredited diplomat, or at least the process, how that process began. Um, did it surprise you, the, the, uh, the sort of, uh, the, this gateway into this world, as easy to get into as, as you had imagined? Yes, it did very much, you know. Um, apparently, it's a matter of, you know, if, if you have the money and you're wearing a business suit, anything is possible, really, you know. And, and a lot of obvious questions were never asked, such as, you know, how come you, a very white guy, are yeah. representing an African country to another African country? <laughs> yeah. We, so, and, and that is what is most disturbing about the whole deal, that, you know, that a character such as Mr. Courtson, because these countries are so very dysfunctional and corrupt, is capable of, you know, raping an entire country within weeks almost. Yes. So, you know, yes. what is so scary is, well, what will happen when... when the real Mr. Corson shows up. Yes. Well, now, now um, that's right. What happens when people who are whose intent is to rip off this country and have the means to be able to pull that uh, that off? Um, the, the, the one of the more interesting things uh, that I that I thought that you 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 were able to to do. Well, first of all, let's go back to why the South uh, Central African Republic and Liberia. What what did you know about those two countries that you thought you could pull this uh, this off. You you meaning why I went there? Well, why did you decide you wanted to go as a Liberian diplomat to the yes. Central African uh, Republic? What you seem to know that it was in fact a very dysfunctional country, but is that well? You know, um, I knew beforehand that I wanted to shoot the film in the Central African Republic because it is the most forgotten, um, unknown country in Africa, and it is also the most extreme Africa you will find. Mm -hmm. and, and what was well, it? For some time I was in the loop to become a trade attaché for Wanuatu, the Pacific Island state. Mm -hmm. um, I was also groomed to becoming a consul for the Mountain Kingdom, Lesotho. Mm -hmm. But because the Central African Republic is considered a pariah state, Nobody really wants to have diplomatic or consular relations with them. 
apart from apparently Liberia, which is why I ended up becoming uh, the general consul for Liberia to the uh, CAR. Yeah. Well, there's no doubt, uh, especially from what we see in your film, uh, just to what level of dysfunction this country is in the midst of. Uh, and, it, and it seemed to be by design. And I, I, you get into this uh, in a, way, a very imaginative way to describe the influence that the country of France has had on the Central African Republic. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know... Um there's this saying that, that uh, a language is, is a dialect with an army, and that is very much true in the case of France and its former um, colonies in Africa. That is something which is hardly talked about mm. ever in, in, in Europe, what France is doing in these places. But, but once you become aware of it, it is, you know, um, quite shocking and, uh, and uh, depressing and... Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, it's horrible, really, you know. Um, well, in the film, I befriend the head of, of state security who talks about how friends consider the Central African Republic to be its savings account. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, this country could, you know, as you say, be, be the Switzerland of Africa, mm-hmm. but France does not want the last resources of the Central, Central African Republic to be exploited. Well, one of the, by the way, we're by the way we're speaking with Mats Brugger. The the film is the ambassador. It's opening this Friday today, uh, Friday in Los Angeles, and um, it'll be playing at the Cine Family this week uh, as well. It'll be playing and also on video on demand. You can go to Draft House uh, Films and uh, to their website and find out more about how to see it as a video on demand as well. Um, it really, once you have this film, you're a film, The Ambassador, as sort of a template, it's easy to see what's going on in not just Central African Republic, but across that across the continent. It's easy to see this uh, hand of colonialism still really very much in play in, uh, in the lives of these people, isn't it? Could you rephrase that? Uh, I, uh, well, I'm, I missed out. I'm saying that when you when you see what's going on uh, with the Central African Republic, you and you can see from your film that colonialism by is still very much a part of the of the daily lives of the people in this part of the world. They're still really in very much so. You know, um, today we are talking a lot about neo-colonialism, but this is really old-fashioned colonialism. What goes on in the Central African Republic? Yes. Well, well, uh, there there were a couple of uh, you when you were trying uh, when you were acquiring your diplomatic credentials. You were told by the first uh, person that you went to, uh, kind of some very dire sort of circumstances that you could end up in uh, in the midst of if you weren't careful, uh, and and the and the most dire of which you could end up in a as he put it in a ditch, dead in a yes. ditch. It, was there any point in, in your being in the Central African Republic, in the midst of all of this, uh, did you, what, at what point were you, did you feel frightened or truly uh, threatened? Was there a point in, in the making of this where you felt you would be revealed or there was something about the, the circumstances that you really felt in danger? Well, you know, first of all, it, it is a country where there is no reality principle and there's no normal causality. Mm-hmm. Which is a permanent, you know, source of you know distress and, and paranoia. Yeah, but that is something everybody in in the Central African Republic has to deal with. 
um, also the people of power, you know, everybody is living in, in, in fear, really. Um, but um, one night, uh, it's not in the film, we, we were picked up by a military police patrol in the, the capital, Bangui, who thought we were missionaries. Mm-hmm. You know, they are constantly being um, on, on the lookout for, you know, um, potential state crews. Mm-hmm. And um, we were taken to this police station and interrogated by an officer in charge who was on drugs. Uh, he was very aggressive. They were talking about transferring us to the central prison in Bangui, which is a place you will not come out of as a normally functioning human being, I think. Yeah. But because we had one of the ministers I was dealing with on speed dial, uh, and, and he was awake uh, and, and not drunk, as he usually was, he was able to sort things out, and we were finally released. But uh, that was clearly a, a hairy situation. Well, there, there's just so many interesting characters and so many different ways in which someone uh, in your position, what you were trying to, as you, the interesting thing about the film is the the more people we meet, the more we see the the big picture. By seeing the micro picture, it's easier and easier to understand what's really going on, um, and including uh, a man who turned out to uh, be quite prescient. Uh, I'll, I will not try to say his whole name. The the former head of state security for the Central African Republic, yes, Mister Yam, Yamandi. Uh, Yamandi. Yeah, he he was uh, he turned out to be kind of a sage of sorts. He pretty much told you what was going on, um, and uh, unfortunately, he was uh, all too all too uh, uh, correct in in his own fate, but. Uh, Yes. What? What? Um, I mean, these are just. I, again, I, th- this is a, a world into which very, very, very few people know of, let alone understand. And the remarkable thing about the ambassador, your film, is that I have never seen uh, a, a, a film pull the curtain back in the way that you did with this movie. And I think, Thank you. Uh, really, uh, not only is it brave filmmaking, but obviously at great personal risk for yourself. Um, and I know you've done something similar to this with the Red Chapel and others, uh, other films. And what is it about your own internal character and your own personal makeup? That you seem to be pretty cool under pressure. What? What is? What? How do you go? How do you cultivate that kind of thing? How have you gone gone about doing that? Well, you know, I, I'm I'm a firm believer in in the luck of fools. You know, foolish people are are lucky. But I am not, you know, as such a a thrill seeker or like a a, a danger tourist. But um, I think what you know, journalism is about is you know venturing out into the world and sit, uh, instead of sitting behind that desk. Yeah. And um, and in, in the case of North Korea and the, the CAR, these are places where, where journalists can not operate by, you know, conventional means. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's necessary to push the envelope and, and use different methods. Well... Um, what does the trick for me is like being in character all the time, really, and, and trying to find, and this maybe sounds a bit repulsive, to find some enjoyment in it. Yeah. 
Yeah. That that is really the only way of dealing with it. Yeah. Well, I real quick before we let you get away, a couple of quick questions. And by the way, um, you are. I don't think I've I've really focused enough on the fact you're a journalist, and and you came to this project as a journalist, not necessarily as a filmmaker. Although the two of them merged very very effectively in the film, uh, but you are a journalist first, and I think foremost. Um, yes. Real quick. Um, and what has been the reaction from – we know that there's – well, I'll, I'll tell our, our audience that there's been a reaction by the Liberian government to bring you yes. to Liberia to stand trial, I assume, for some, some offense. But yes, uh, the, the president, Ellen Sherlith uh, Johnson, has asked uh, Denmark, where I live, yeah. to have me uh, arrested and extradited. Right. Um, it's a classic case of, you know, blaming the messenger. Yes, it is. It is. Well, the, the, the really, the, the two questions I, I really want to a- end this with is, one is, what's been the reaction in Europe in general to your film? But in particular, what has been the response of the French government? Because at, at the end of the day, all of this function, all the really horror that's going on in the Central African uh, Republic at this point seems to rest pretty firmly with the effect that the French government has had on this country. What's been their reaction to your film? Well, I haven't heard anything from the French government uh, at all. And, and, and as a matter of fact, the, the film hasn't been screened in France as of now. Are there plans? Well, it, you know, it has been screened in Germany, the UK, and, and various other European countries. Yes. I, I think it's because, you know, the Central African Republic is a big taboo in France. Yeah. And uh, they they still do have an ongoing debate about what is called la Francafrique in France, which is um, a term for this, you know, nexus of corruption that ties France and its formerly uh, its former um, colonies in Africa together. Um, so, but I do hope it will eventually get to France. Um, I think it's you know important for French people to to see this film. Well, I do too. I think it's important for for everyone to see the film. It, it, it's uh, it's well it's well made, uh, I, and it's uh, it's uh, it, it brings home the points that you're. I think you're trying to uh, shine the light on. I should say, in 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 a funny way at times, in a very dramatic way, and also in a way that we can all understand. Uh, and it doesn't take a. a, a, a a degree in in uh, geopolitical politics to understand the very bare knuckle kind of corruption and exploitation that's taking place. Um, Thank you. And, yeah, and well, my congratulations. I certainly uh, uh, wish you all the best and all the the success on this film. And please be careful. Um, I will. Yeah, uh, we need we need more uh, filmmakers and journalists like yourself. And um, thank you so much for being here on Film School today, Matt. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye Bye-bye.